Welcome to the Action Hour. My name is Jesse Simpson, and I believe there's never been a better time in the history of the world to be alive. I'm on a mission to bring you the insights, ideas, and inspiration you need to uncover your greatness and take action on your dreams. If you want to start a business, write a book, take a big trip, or level up to a higher state of living in the world, mentally, physically, spiritually, or financially, the stories found in this show will provide the action steps and energy you need to succeed. No matter what you are going through or where you've been, you can at any time break that cycle and transform your life. This show is going to show you how to do it. If you've got the itch to act, now is the time. Allow the inspiring stories within this show to serve as your guide. This is the Action Hour. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome, welcome, welcome world. My name is Jesse Simpson. I am your host. This is the very first episode of the Action Hour podcast, and I'm truly so grateful that you are here. The point of this show is to prove to you that it's never too late to transform your life. And through my own stories and that of the guests I'll be bringing on, I hope to inspire you to take action on your dreams before it is too late. Now, over these first few episodes, I'm going to be doing an introduction about myself, my life, my journey, my journey of transformation, but I'll also be complimenting my individual episodes, the what's coming up for me episodes with alternative perspective guests from all around the world who have went on an adventure of a lifetime, who started a business, wrote a book, who've done something that is larger than themselves. And I want to share their story and prove to you that they are just ordinary people who have put in system strategies and learned different skills to help them build and sustain their success over time. The point of all of this is to inspire you to take action on your dreams before it is too late. And the point of this first episode is to help you understand my deep belief that the best measures of a life well lived are how much you give, how much you grow, and how far you go. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a Marine Corps combat veteran, used to be a firefighter, but for the past two and a half years... I have been traveling around the world, basically living out of a backpack. And I want to get into my story about the adventure and the travel and all those things that are coming up, but I need to start back when I was first separating from the military. I spent four years in the United States Marine Corps. I got to travel all around the world with my best friends. I slept many nights under the stars in the jungles in Japan and Thailand, in the desert, in the Western United States at training operations, and in the desert dirt in Afghanistan. I got to travel all around the world with my best friends, fly through helicopters, hang underneath helicopters, look it up, spy rigging, S-P-I-E, rigging. I got to go fast roping, shoot machine guns. I was an infantry machine gun squad leader. It was truly a life-changing experience. And it's what I so deeply needed to save me from my troubled youth. If we backtrack a bit to when I was in seventh grade, sitting in Miss Reekin's reading class on the morning of September 11, 2001, a troubled kid, I was regularly kicked out of school for fighting, smoking weed, cussing out teachers. I was deemed at risk, written off as a failure. But something shifted in me that day as I watched the Twin Towers come down on the news from that reading class in seventh grade. And I didn't know it at the time, but that experience changed my life. And it's why I 
knew I had to become a Marine and why I so deeply desired to become a firefighter. And in fact, it was that experience, this idea of a calling, serving something larger than myself, getting out of my own way because of the tragedy that was 9-11 that changed my life. It saved my life. In fact, just about a month before, in the summer leading up to seventh grade, I was suicidal. I went up to my room with a butcher knife after a fight with my mother and dug it into my wrists, wishing I was dead. I felt so unloved. I felt so alone. I was so angry and sad and deeply, deeply troubled. See, my mom had four kids she was raising. My older brother was recently diagnosed with cancer. In fact, when I was thinking about my mom in this story, my parents split up when I was seven. So she got a divorce. She was an oncology nurse working with people who have cancer. But once her and my dad split up, she had to resign or, or quit her job as an oncology nurse because she couldn't afford childcare for four kids. So she opened up her own childcare. So she's starting this business. It's struggling. It struggles my entire life. And then my brother, the next year, gets cancer. So boom, boom, boom. My mom's going through all of these things and I'm just not getting the love, the direction, the attention that I need or whatever it is I was missing as a kid. And so I go up one day wanting to kill myself. Now I didn't because I, I thought about my mom. I closed my eyes and pictured my mom coming upstairs and finding my dead body sitting in the chair in my room. And I realized what that would do for her. Because there's always a lot of stress, a lot of sadness, a lot of anger. I was creating a lot of this as a kid. But it was something shifted in me that September morning that pulled me out of myself. This calling, this idea of something larger than myself became so important to me. And I knew if I could become a Marine, then everything would be okay. But I continued to get in trouble. And fortunately, I was introduced to my first mentor. Mr. Blue saved my life. Mr. Blue was a former Kansas City Chiefs football player. He worked at my school as a juvenile court officer. He took us to the YMCA to lift weights, to play basketball, and do anything and everything that would keep us out of trouble. On one of the tours, Mr. Blue took us on a tour of the downtown juvenile court detention center in the town where I grew up. It was a scare tactic sort of, you're going to end up here if you don't get your shit together. At the end of that field trip, we sat in front of a judge. There's three boys. The judge lectured us for 45 minutes or so. And at the end, he looked at one boy. He said, you'll be dead by the time you turn 18. Pointing to the next boy, you will be in jail. He looked at the third boy and said, you have a chance to write a new story. I don't know what happened to those other boys. But I believe I am here because I've had a chance to rewrite my story, to change my life. And I hope to inspire you to do the same. I hope to inspire you to become the author in your life. Now, I continue to get in trouble. And in fact, Mr. Blue, not long after that field trip was laid off and I lost the mentor that I so deeply looked up to. And about a year later, my freshman year in high school, I was thrown out of my home and rightfully so. I had become such a burden on my mother. She had sent me away. She said, call your dad. You're not welcome here anymore. 
And those words have been ingrained in me since that day. And that experience was deeply traumatizing to me. I spiraled into this deep, deep depression, this very dark place. I was so angry. I felt so unloved. I felt so lost. My own mother couldn't stand me. And she sent me away. But now looking back, it's clear that one of those experiences, it's one of those experiences where you look back on your life and you realize the worst thing that happened to you was in fact the best. Because my, my friends, the environment that I grew up in was not good. And I very well could be dead or in jail if I wouldn't have been thrown out of my house. But I kept moving forward. I had this dream of becoming a Marine and a firefighter. And moving away to a new city, a new town in high school, it truly helped me get on that path and move forward. So I shipped off to boot camp. I graduated early from high school, got all that shit done, and I was ready to go serve my country. And like I said, I spent four years. I went on three deployments. I got to travel all around the world with my best friends. It was an incredible experience. It really changed my life. But coming on the heels of that third deployment, a combat tour to Afghanistan, I knew I wanted to get out, go to school, pursue my dream of becoming a firefighter. It was everything to me. And so I did just that. But as I got out, I, I quickly lost my way. Coming headstrong on the heels of that third deployment to Afghanistan, I thought, literally, I thought that I would just go home, sit on the couch, collect unemployment checks, and smoke weed. And in fact, I think that's what I was taught. Like, that's what the people that were separating us would say you could do. Just try to get as much money from the system as you can, go home and be a fucking turd. So I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. And I lost that sense of purpose, the unmistakable structure, and the camaraderie that comes with life in the military. That so many veterans lose once they separate from their service. And that caught up with me hard. So I started to suppress all those feelings that I was having that was coming up, all the hypervigilance. I was alert all the time. I was ready to go. I was ready to fight or do anything I needed to do to protect. I was a warrior. But I was losing my way. And I used drugs and substances to, to cope. And I was drinking all the time. And I had no real direction. But fortunately, I got into school. And I got some sort of structure. I got back into my workouts. And that sort of to help me release physically. Learned about yoga. Helped me calm down my mind a bit. But then in January of 2013, I was fortunate enough to be selected for a volunteer trip to Lima, Peru. I was going to work at an orphanage. And you know, here I am, I had traveled around the world, served my country in the United States Marine Corps. I'm going to go down there, this American, and help these kids, these troubled, these poor kids who have nothing. So on the flight down there, I thought about how I couldn't wait to get down there and help these kids. But after two unforgettable weeks of playing with kids who had sticks and balls and dirt, it was clear. They changed me. They helped me. They pushed me to question my beliefs about the world, about my upbringing in the United States and what I thought was happiness and success and joy. Because here I am seeing these kids, they had the biggest smiles I'd ever seen. But they have nothing, materially speaking. They're so happy though. So it started to leave me with more questions and answers. I thought I had all the answers and now I'm coming and I'm starting to see some different perspectives, another way to live life perhaps. And I'm starting to get some more questions and I knew I had to learn more. This trip to Peru 
changed the trajectory of me and it set me down this life of service, of contributing to something larger than myself that I had missed since I separated from the core. So I spent hundreds of hours volunteering at the oncology playroom at the Phoenix Children's Hospital, on the Phoenix Fires Crisis Response Team, at a grief camp for kids, I had a, three years of working with two troubled youth as a mentor. In that feeling that I got from giving of myself, getting out of my own way, and don't get me wrong, I was still struggling, but in those moments when I didn't feel good and I would go sit with a kid at the Phoenix Children's Hospital, who just like my brother was in high school and he had cancer, I was able to get over myself, give of myself, to literally just sit there and be there with that boy or that, or play dolls with that girl. It didn't matter. It just the presence, you know, to be with a, a kid, a high school kid whose dad committed suicide. And then he found his body. Like, can you imagine? And I think there's so often we get so wrapped up in our own shit that we don't realize what is going on outside of ourselves. Our mind has a way of tricking us to trying to get it to fix its own problems that it created in the first place. But if we can get over that and go out there, we'll realize we're not alone. We do have value. We just need to show up. And I knew that if I could bring this perspective, this idea of service after military service to my veteran comrade, I knew that I could help them change their life. Now, some statistics show that 22 veterans a day kill themselves. Leaving that unmistakable sense of structure and purpose in their brothers and sisters spread out throughout the country, it's, there's no wonder to me. But I knew that if I could bring this sense of purpose to my veteran brothers and sisters, I could help change their life. And then I thought about how I was a struggling kid and it was Mr. Blue, my mentor, who saved my life. So as I'm separating and I'm, I'm doing all this volunteer work, I'm, I'm realizing that there's something bigger is bubbling up and that I am going to find a way to pair these two populations up, these two people, these two groups of people that I care so deeply about. I want to pair them up so they can work with each other to make the world a better place. Because I know that once a veteran has a sense of purpose and a troubled kid has someone who gives a shit about them, so many of these problems that these two populations face will subside. So this idea is bubbling up. I'm not sure what's going to come of it. And then all of a sudden, 2014, I'm picked up with the Mesa Fire Department, Mesa, Arizona. My dream career. You know, thinking back, I just remember being there and just realizing like, holy shit, these guys are all X, Y, and Z. And I did not feel like I deserved to be in the room. Looking back, really, I now had a bachelor's degree. I had hundreds of hours of volunteer experience. I was a Marine Corps combat veteran. I was a solid fucking dude. But I felt so unworthy of the position. And then once I got into it, I realized that the vast majority of calls were going on our mental health in nature, ranging from drunks and addicts in the streets to suicides and overdoses in people's homes. Now, we did help people, of course, but the vast majority of calls are just these calls that we go on that the fire department doesn't have the resources or abilities to create value. We literally just put these people in ambulances and send them to the hospital. 
Like we basically are putting band-aids on some deeply rooted systemic, psychological, and generational problems in the community. I started to feel more and more unsettled. Now, 3% of calls are actually fire calls. And of course, we did help people, but I knew there had to be another way. And then in November of 2016, my best friend from the Marine Corps died of a heroin overdose. And then here I am going on these people dying of heroin overdoses. And my friend, my best friend was just like them. And I'm going on these troubled kids who got in a fight with their brother. And now they're going to the hospital to be put on medication or they ran away from their home because their mother was abusive. And I'm like, what the fuck? That is me. That is Paul, my best friend. And I knew that I had to create a business and it came out as Calm Fit Complete. Our mission was to be the most relevant and comprehensive leadership, mentorship, and veterans reintegration program in the United States. So I set off on this, this journey. I got my 501c3. This nonprofit was brewing inside me for years now. I felt like my whole life had been preparing me for it, from a troubled kid to being from suicidal, to getting my first mentor, to now moving on to the military. And now I'm out here volunteering with these kids and it's truly saving my life. It's giving me something to serve larger than myself. I was on all these podcasts and these newspaper features. I was invited to speak. I remember my first speaking engagement. I went up there. I had my paper. I wrote everything out. And my legs were trembling. I was vibrating because I was so nervous. But this was bigger than me. So I shared my story about what I did and what I was creating with Calm Fit Complete. I was brought into Texas to this all expense paid veterans boot camp for entrepreneurs. And it was incredible. I was living my purpose. Now, meanwhile, I'm working at one of the busiest ladder trucks in the country. Ladder 201 in Mesa, Arizona was the 16th busiest ladder country in 2016. So although I'm spending all day working on these different meetings and emails and features and podcasts and all these different things, my other life was at the fire department. Now, being at one of the busiest ladder trucks in the country, we're going on calls often, of course, but many times, four, five, six, sometimes calls at night. So I'm not getting much sleep. And what I started to do was pop Ritalin to keep me up. And then when I get home, I would smoke weed to go to bed. In fact, one time after a really shitty night, I was on the way home and I was like, Jesus, no wonder why firefighters or first responders have substance abuse problems. Because all I could think about was going home and smoking weed and going to bed. I felt like shit. But I knew I had to get this business going. And everything was great. I had now my, my dream girlfriend. I was starting this business I thought my whole life was preparing me for. I had my dream career. And it all culminated in September of 2017. Me being recognized as the Arizona State Firefighter of the Year. There I was speaking in front of hundreds of firefighters at the state fire school. I spoke about leaving a legacy and I talked about a man named Patty Brown. Patty Brown and his crew was in the World Trade Center rescuing people. He's a firefighter, fire captain, when it collapsed September 11, 2001. 
Patty Brown and the men around him were my childhood heroes. They were the first people who gave me the idea that I could serve something larger than myself. And as I did some research on Patty Brown, I realized that a legacy, as I spoke about what a legacy was to me, is not in how you die. Legacies are written in how you live. Patty Brown was a champion Golden Gloves boxer. He had a master's degree. He was a decorated Vietnam Marine Corps combat veteran. He was known for a daring rope rescue in the early 90s. And then here I was, leaving my legacy, building this business that had been manifesting for years. It was my life's work. I had my dream girl. My family was there to watch. Everything in my life was perfect. But about a month later, my mom lost the daycare that she started up when I was a kid. My older brother who had cancer that had been growing for the last 20 years started to get worse. And those things started to chip away at me. I was worn down physically, mentally, emotionally. No sleep. Complete burnout, overwhelmed. And then the last draw for me was in October of 2017, there was a shooting at a country music concert in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was a machine gunner in the United States Marine Corps. And when I heard the sound of the machine gun shooting up people just like me at a music festival, it set me back. And I decided to pull the brakes on the nonprofit, what I thought my whole life had been preparing me for. And that decision crushed me. But I couldn't do it anymore. I was so overwhelmed. I was fighting with my girlfriend. I was completely shut off from the outside world. I couldn't handle it anymore. And I broke down. And I spiraled into this deep depression. I would go to the gym, my only escape. And I'd sit on the bench and I'd start to cry. I'd come home and I'd lay on the ground and I'd just start to cry. And then I started to have suicidal thoughts. And I realized that I was having the same suicidal thoughts as a 28-year-old man, the firefighter of the year that I had when I was in seventh grade. And that if I didn't break this cycle, this spiral of shame and sadness and anger and depression would be my destiny. This would be my life. So I knew that I had to change my life or I would spend the rest of my life wishing I would have. But this was not a pretty battle. I mean, I was struggling with my girlfriend. I was so angry. I was struggling with substance abuse. I was the firefighter of the year and I was smoking weed at work. I was in a dark, dark place and I knew I had to change my life. So as I started to dig myself out of this hole, I thought back on my life. And when I was in this dark place before, what was it that saved me? And it was service. It was giving of myself, getting over myself and serving something larger than myself. And then I thought about my time in Peru and having more questions than answers. And I thought about going to school and what I was able to learn and how it expanded my mind and helped me see a different way of living in the world. And I thought about how I had to move away to go to the Marine Corps. I had to go. I had to get out of where I was and go somewhere new and change my life. And that's where it all comes full circle for me. And I realized in that moment that regardless of what I was told to believe, 
success was, I decided that I would measure my life by how much I give, how much I grow, and how far I go. This underlying theme of service, growth, and action had been bubbling beneath the surface the whole time, waiting to be brought to the surface. So for me, I became a coach so I can be of service to others in their time of need. The grow meant going to grad school so I can make a difference on a larger scale. I was stuck. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. I had to do something different. I had to learn more. And I'm going to save the go for the next episode. But I hope that you can see through this experience of my life that there are things beneath the surface that have saved you before and that they will save you again. And my hunch, my feeling, at least from my experience, what I know is that if we focus on service, growth, and action, we can truly transformatively change our life in a very real and lasting way. Now, I'm so excited to speak into the go and my experiences over the last few years, but I'm going to leave it at that for now. And I encourage you to think on your life. And if there's a dream you have or something you want to do or say or experience, or you're in this cycle and you're repeating these same cycles that you can't get out of, I want you to know that it's never too late to break that cycle and change your life. So tune in next episode while speaking to the go, what that meant for me and how it changed my life forever. And if you're listening to this, I ask that you share this story with a friend, perhaps give me a review if anything resonated with you and follow me on Instagram at action underscore Jesse. I will see you on the next episode. Have an amazing day.